Hello. Now, in this episode, Frances Cosway from White Pebble Interiors is back and we dive into the topic of carpets. We cover a range of industry information that's really critical to you making an informed and confident choice for your home. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, before we dive into the interview, if you're listening because you want to get it right in your home's interior design, well, let me take a moment to tell you about the online program, Interior Design 101. If you're like most homeowners I know, dreaming, planning, and choosing the interior design, finishes, and items in your home, it's one of the fantastic and exciting highlights of any renovation or new build project. And yet, it can also be a minefield of options, confusion, and overwhelm. Would you like to simplify those choices and have total clarity and confidence that your interior design will help you create your beautiful, functional, feel-good home? Well, that's exactly why Interior Design 101 was created. Interior Design 101 is a self-study DIY program. It contains the full version of all the interviews that are included in the podcast season. I couldn't put all of the questions into the podcast, so we've got the full interviews in both audio and video format, plus extra content that's been specifically created for Interior Design 101. There's full transcripts of all of our interviews. There's also extra checklists, guides, design layouts, and so much good stuff to support you in the interior design of your renovation new home or smaller project. This program has been designed to help you gain clarity and confidence in all those selections and decisions that you need to make for the finishes, fixtures, colors, materials, and items that you'll be living with every day. So if you'd like to learn more about Interior Design 101, then head to www.interiordesign101.com.au. And that's the numbers, the numerals 101. So Interior Design 101.com.au and I'll pop that link in the show notes as well. Now let's kick off our episode. Do you want to know about how to choose carpet for your family home and make the right choice? There's so much to know when it comes to carpet. So how do you choose from all the different types and understand all the terminology? Carpet can be a fantastic, comfortable and relaxing choice in a family home. Having carpet flooring can make rooms more comfortable, it can absorb more sound and it makes lying on the floor much more enjoyable than a lot of other flooring types. However, it is a flooring surface that can show stains, be difficult to clean and horrible to maintain if you choose wrongly. Now, with loads of materials to choose from, I've seen homeowners choose synthetic carpets that are treated with a stain guard or a similar treatment, mistakenly believing that it'll perform better over the long term or they've chosen a pile type because they think it will look plush and velvety in their home and really luxurious and then they find it causes huge and frustrating issues with how it shows up foot traffic or it marks 
and wears down over time. Now, many homeowners are worried about choosing carpet because of allergies or dust mites or problems with it getting eaten by moths or issues around keeping it clean when you've got small kids and pets. These can all be valid concerns. And, you know, there are some building biologists and health-focused interior designers and well-certified architects who will completely recommend against using carpet as a flooring choice. And so it is definitely worth understanding your own family, your specific needs, your health requirements, and getting advice on that basis so that you can make the best choice for your home. However, if you are wanting carpet as a flooring choice, if it's something that you've been looking at for particular rooms in your house or considering um, overall, then it's really essential that you know specific things about the different types, the different materials that it's made from, the terminology that's associated with the types, the pile, the density, and the various other key things that there are to know about this flooring type so that you're well armed when you come to make your choice. So we're going to share some of the key tricks to know when choosing carpet. I hope you enjoy this conversation about carpet. Well, Francis, it's fantastic to have you back. Who knew that we could talk this much about flooring, hey? <laughs> so, Who knew? I suppose we knew, but <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I think the UI community are really going to appreciate uh, and the listeners generally just being able to see how much there is to consider so that they know that it's decision-making to bring forward. So today's uh, we're going to be talking all about carpet. And it's one of these things I think that people sort of think, oh, we've either got wool or we've got a, you know, some kind of nylon or a wool blend and it pretty much stops there. But it's only once they actually start the process of making selections and they potentially get questions fired at them about, you know, what, uh, you know, what loop do you want? Do, what, sorry, what pile do you want? What underlay do you want? You know, all of these kinds of things that they start to realize there's so much that they don't know. So hopefully we will uncover some nitty gritty stuff about carpet. Uh, in this episode. Now, in terms of the actual types of carpet available, I've got a list that we wrote down. And uh, so there's wool, there's wool blend, and that can either be an 80-20 mix, so 80% wool, 20% something else, or 50-50. They're the general two that I see. Um, Then there's nylon. Then there's other synthetics that are like polypropylene um, that carpet can be made from. There's also then uh, carpets like sisal, bamboo fibres, recycled materials and alternatives like goat and alpaca. So there's actually carpet being made from so many different things these days. It's really fantastic actually and we've seen this in the commercial world probably for a lot longer than we've seen in the residential world, haven't we? I know like when carpet tiles were being punched out into office buildings, you know, companies started getting really innovative about what those carpet tiles could be made from. So they could use recycled materials and be much more environmentally friendly. So it's really lovely to sort of see this proliferation happening through the residential market as well. Both of us, though, our preference is still 100% wool carpet. Absolutely. (laughs) And I find that whenever you speak to a sales carpet salesperson, not all of them, but I found this one. I know when we were doing our last renovation, we had to choose a lot of carpet for it. And I was doing sort of just some general looking around in carpet showrooms before I made some selections. And there were lots of objections about how it sheds, how it gets eaten by moths, uh, how it causes allergic reactions, and that it's difficult to maintain. Our feeling, and I know you and I've talked about this a lot, it's a natural fibre, it's hypoallergenic, it's hard wearing, and 
all carpets need to be regularly maintained anyway. So that's just part and parcel of owning a carpet. I know though, every time I've chosen a wool carpet, I grew up on wool carpets. I've had wool carpets in houses they've and wool rugs. They've never disappointed and they've taken a lot of punishment. Can we just talk through perhaps some of the different types of carpets, what you know about them and what your thoughts are around those different types. And, you know, maybe if we just sort of go back through that list that, that I said at the beginning and um, we can just sort of talk through those different types. I'll leave wool to the end because um, we've sort of talked about that just now. So wool blend is, yes, as you were saying, it's either 80-20, which is quite common, or a 50-50, and I suppose that's when you're having a synthetic fibre generally that's mixed with the wool. Generally, that's more from a cost perspective, so someone that may not be able to really go up to that 100% wool because of the price point, they may then come down to an 80-20 or they're feeling a little bit more comfortable with that. But as with you, I would still go for the 100% wool uh, if you can and invest in that. I suppose for all the different reasons that we spoke about with regards to flooring being difficult to replace and everything else. So then we've got nylon, which I find is very easy to see. It's one of the first things I do if you Sometimes some of the um, polyprop and, and the nylons, uh, as a designer, you can see instantly, but you just have to touch it and you know instantly it is not a natural fibre. It is not very forgiving in terms of wear. So particularly with your polypropylene, it may look very dense and feels very, very soft. But once you start walking on that, it, you can really see the tread marks or the, the foot marks that are going in and out. It's almost like you've got a path. Um, from where that wear is, and wool will definitely not give you that, where a nylon and a polypropylene will. I find that polypropylene is a little bit softer. That's what a lot of rugs, synthetic rugs, are made out of. Um, but nylon also gives you that awful shiny look, and especially when the sun shines on it, you've got that real shimmer, which is also, hey, look at my synthetic carpet. It's really not a nice look uh, to have. It, can, it is very durable, so it is used in a lot of commercial instances, but commercial is totally different to our homes and we're not looking for super, um, you know, flat pile. Um, we certainly want the durability that you will get for wool. Um, so I, you just really don't need a nylon carpet uh, in a home. Sizal is another one that is a natural fibre and looks amazing from a natural perspective. It's got that beautiful warmth to it. I find though it's very difficult to vacuum. It's very difficult to clean if something spills on there because it's quite thick and coarse. Um, food gets trapped in there. It's not great if you do have young kids. It's not soft. And I think people who are having a carpet really want something that is underfoot. That's really the selling point of of a carpet so sizal i find as durable and as natural as it is i just don't think it's um it, it gives you that really um comfortable feel underfoot the recycled materials that are coming out at the moment are absolutely fantastic uh there is a carpet on the market by cavalier bremworth which is made out of 100 percent recycled fishnets and i love that story so that is a fabulous yes it is it's a nylon, it's obviously a nylon um, being coming from fishnets, but it is 100% recycled. So um, a great, very, very, very soft. It is still going to give you that tread and sort of footmark uh, on it, even though it is recycled. Um, but I think that would be a good second choice. 
And then you've got goat and alpaca. Alpaca is a stunning product, but it is really, really a premium. You'll see people using it on yachts and really luxurious homes. It is a stunning product. It is so, so incredibly uh, soft and beautiful, but that will shed a lot more than a natural wool. And I suppose wool, as you've said, it is one of our favourites. Um I'm not really sure what's happening in the carpet stores where the salesmen are generally very pro um, stain or stain resistant. They call it stain resistant um, fibres. I think what people need to be conscious of is a lot of those carpets have got a treatment that sits on top and it's not actually generated, it's not actually penetrating down the entire length of the of the strand of, of fibre. So that's only going to have a temporary stain uh, repellent effect on it, a little bit like a Scotchgard product. It's only going to sit there for a certain amount of time. But with wool, nothing can beat. It's naturally stain resistant. You just The only thing you really need to know about wool is you need to get to the stain quickly or, the, or whatever it is that you've spilt quickly, including red wine, including blood, um, and you use cold water. Do not new, use hot water on it. Yes, it will shed uh, initially, but it's generally only for the first 12 months that it will shed uh, and then it will sort of, you know, calm down a little bit. Um, but it is hypoallergenic. The fallacy around it being really terrible for allergies is exactly that. It's a fallacy. Um, you, you really can't beat a natural product. And it's a, a new renewable resource. It's cool in summer, warm in winter. Uh, you just can't beat it. And it is incredibly heavy duty on stairs. I think that's the other area where people worry, uh, but it's not going to be as, as strong as a synthetic fibre. And again, I think that it, it is just as, as durable, if not more. So wool, 100% the whole way. Yeah, I think um, I think it's really great to be sharing sort of this a preference, I think, because a lot of homeowners just want to know, you know, how people in the industry sort of feel about things and when they're getting lots of information from different salespeople and it is, they get that information about, well, it's going to be more stain resistant to have a nylon carpet, not understanding that it is, it's like just had sort of a finish applied to it rather than it being something that is actually a quality of the material itself. And I know, you know, building biologists will say, don't have any carpet at all. Um, so I think that often gets mixed up in when you're having, when you're selecting a carpet, people think that it's an allergy, an allergy generating type of, of floor covering, and it's worth understanding that a lot of that is just about the fact that carpet can hold dust and it can hold, um, it can hold sort of things in it in a way that. Uh, you know, like a, a bare floor doesn't, a hardwood floor, a tile floor doesn't, and any carpet will do that. So wool's not guilty of that over and above other carpets. And I think it's really just a case of, um, yeah, just, I mean, I, my mum was really passionate about wool Berber carpets. She did a lot of renovating. As we were growing up, she always chose 100% wool Berber carpet. The amount of punishment that we gave that carpet as a family, particularly my brother, and it's, it always looked great. And I think too, if you're going to pick a carpet that has a solid color, then of course that's not going to hide stains as much as a carpet that has potentially a mottle through it or a little bit of irregularity in the color patterns as well. So it's really about assessing what type of fiber you want underfoot all the time and uh and really doing the research so that you don't just believe what you're told in the showroom so and i think the other thing with well i mean it's like the difference being between putting on an acrylic jumper and putting on a woolen jumper the feeling is so different the way they wear is completely different the way they wash 
Um, not that you're going to physically wash it in the machine, but the, the way those fibres wear, you'll find that the acrylic balls so much uh, faster than a natural wool jumper would. And the other great thing that's uh, really becoming a lot more to the fore with the, with the natural wool carpets is they are naturally um, – they're not using colours anymore. They're the natural colour of – so obviously there's going to be variation there. So rather than dyeing it, it is the natural product, so that's definitely in line with the Berber, and that's a great – sustainable story too that there's there's no um dyes being used um to dye those carpets so you can really go full natural if you need to yeah fantastic all right maybe if we can dive into some of the terminology now because it's a bit of a minefield when it comes to carpet selection and uh, all of the different varieties that are available so of course we've got the pile itself piles can be loop pile twist pile cut pile plush pile and then there's of course subcategories of those as well and I'm going to pop some links in the resources uh, so that people can get some information around that. Um, The Carpet Institute of Australia actually has some really great definitions so I'll pop a link to that but basically the pile determines how the carpet actually appears on its face and I think many people choose a plush pile because they think that that looks you know beautifully sort of velvety and soft and then they get really frustrated because the minute you vacuum it or you have kids walking through it or you see this like the movement of the pile don't you and it sort of has this great big watermark through it I remember at Mervac we were banned from ever having that type of carpet in our selections because they said we will always get complaints from customers that it's not looking you know like day one lovely so what do you suggest people sort of choose what is the most durable type of pile what do they need to consider in that selection of their pile Okay, we'll start with plush, uh, and you're right. It, it, it's going to show all the the variations uh, with it, the, your vacuum marks, I suppose. Uh, it, I suppose it's regarded as a, a luxurious and probably a more formal type of um, style, a plush pile. I'm not getting any demand for plush pile at all. I suppose most of my clients have got um, children and are sitting in family homes, so plush pile is just not practical from that perspective. Um, But for the older, and I know this is a generalisation, in a more formal setting, uh, it is still quite popular in, in that regard. Uh, twist and loop pile are really the the carpets that are regarded as very durable. So a twist pile is the fibre is actually twisted and it's cut, and a loop pile is where it's not a, it's not cut. It's actually as it says it's it's looped over and closed over. Loops not great if you've got cats because they will unless it's incredibly tight. The cat will actually get their claws under. Probably even with some sort of some smaller dogs, they would also get their claws stuck in there. So not great. But otherwise, loop is fantastic for family scenarios. It's very durable. It's more of a flat weave, but you can also have variations in the height of the loop, and that creates then a little bit of texture and a little bit of variation. Your twist pile is is still a cut pole because they twist the fibre and then they cut it off. And again, you've got some that are completely cut at exactly the same length and then others where the twist is or the, it's cut, the, the fibre is cut at different levels and again, creating a little bit of texture. With both those scenarios, but more with the twist, you can get then different coloured fibres coming through and that creates then, as you were saying before, it's not necessarily a block colour. And as with fabrics that you'd have on a sofa, it's better to have something that's got a little bit of colour variation in it, a marl or a mottle, so that you're able to disguise stains easier. For family scenarios, twist or loop is by far uh, the most durable and loop is, is making a really big renaissance at the moment. It is incredibly popular. And with both, they come in very thick 
or much thinner uh, fibre, so you can get really big, thick loops, um, sort of almost in that retro 70s style. And some of the really thick twist piles that are coming out are, you know, uh, eight mil thick each strand. So very, very, it's almost like a rug on your floor, effectively. So um, that probably covers the two big main ones. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think that's a really good um, assessment for people to understand the differences and when they, they start hearing that terminology, um, what it is actually going to mean. So I think that's brilliant. Now, the weight of a carpet. I remember this was something I wasn't even aware of till I started working really closely with interior designers and inside, you know, um, inside Mervac in particular, because carpet was carpet was carpet kind of thing. But it's not the case at all. And I, you know, we, we, we uh, had base metrics for what we had to choose at Mervac in terms of the weight. Um, we weren't allowed to go under a particular amount. And and I know that when I then started doing my own projects, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to be choosing, you know, this number of ounces and those kinds of things. So can you just talk through how does carpet weight get measured? What metric is it? You know, what is it actually measuring? And then what do you recommend homeowners choose if they can budget for it to get the best effect in their home? So the, the weight is actually measured in ounces, which sounds a bit crazy because we're in metrics, and it really talks about the density and the weight of the carpet. So it's how tightly those fibres are together and how dense the fibres are. So it starts at around 20 ounces, which is very low. Uh, I certainly wouldn't suggest that for anyone building a family home. That's more in commercial and, um, I suppose, apartment type styles but certainly not a high-end uh, apartment um, block and so I would definitely suggest nothing under 40 ounces um, so you sit so if you're looking at the the pile of a carpet you can generally see um, you can tell the difference between a really low ounceage so something that that's quite low in a pile would have a low ounceage and something with a much higher pile and it's closer together will have a much higher ounceage and look it can go up to some of the alpacas are 120 ounces 100 is very very luxurious um, when you're thinking at 40 you're sort of cracking that mid-level and anything up from 60 would still also be regarded as a, a luxury weight in carpet. And obviously, the higher the density, the more fibre that's being used, the more expensive the carpet will be. Yeah, and it's quite interesting. You can actually tell, I remember the first time I sort of compared the two, which is some time ago now, but I just remember it being a really stark memory of, you know, having the samples in front of you and like you're digging your fingernails into it and just feeling how flimsy the lighter one felt, how quickly I could I could reach the bottom like webbing of the carpet compared to the denser stuff. And you could just tell that over time, the difference that that was going to feel underfoot and how that was going to be durable and cope with family life. So, And also the fact that it will compress. I mean, your carpet is going to press from the traffic that's on it. So that's another reason why you'd have a, a higher ounceage. It's going to last much longer. And um, I suppose I'll mention this now with regards to the underlay. Uh, that the underlay will have a big impact on how that density feels as well. So if, for example, you've got a 40-ounce carpet uh, and then you've got a really superior underlay, a really good underlay, 
uh, that's going to make the ounceage, it's going to make that carpet feel a lot denser than what it actually is. But if you're doing a really cheap underlay, you're also compromising the way it's feeling underfoot. So if you've got a 60, 70 ounce carpet and then you've got a super underlay under it, you're going to feel like you're walking on a 100 ounce carpet. So you get that really cloud-like feel. It's quite fascinating when people come into my place, we have no shoes in the carpet, on the carpet. It's like, oh, it feels like I'm walking on clouds. And that's a 50-ounce carpet with a super underlay. Yeah. Beautiful feeling. It's quite amazing what a difference it makes, isn't it? I wanted to just go through some mistakes so that we can help people sort of see what mistakes people do make and how they can go about avoiding them. Of course, colours are can be, you know, choosing a block colour um, and choosing also I walked into – where did I walk into recently? I walked into some place and there was like a very, very dark carpet and somebody had dropped some like tissue fluff on the floor and it was just immediately – and I said to somebody, oh, wow, this must be a pain in the butt to, to – you have to vacuum it all the time. And they said, yeah, they chose a dark colour thinking that it was going to hide everything it actually shows up everything so what do you see are some of the mistakes that people make um, and that they really need to consider avoiding when they're choosing carpet okay so I think the first thing is don't put it everywhere it's less likely here but you know the British have carpet in their bathrooms (laughs) just nuts so it might be soft underfoot but gee what a mold uh, a mold festeria just waiting to happen so we don't need to put it everywhere Uh, The second thing is hallways and entry areas. So where you're coming in from outside, it's not great to have carpet as the first stepping point into the home just because even if you are taking the shoes off, it's still not ideal for all the stuff that just comes in, your leaves and everything else. So entry and entry points, not ideal. Dark, as you've mentioned, is really a disaster. And the amount of people that I have um, sort of got in just in the nick of time to they're going to choose a really dark carpet for the belief that it's going to be easy to maintain it's going to dis- d- disguise stains it shows every fleck of dust um, it's a nightmare for hair all that sort of stuff so I'd stay away from the dark carpets and it also makes a place feel really enclosed it really closes a space in and so for lots of different reasons it's it's not great Plush pile, if you really don't like the shade marks of vacuum cleaners and things like that, definitely do not go down the plush pile route. As luxurious as you may think it looks, it's going to drive you crazy. Uh, Choosing a non-wool-based carpet for your own home, it's one of those things I know we've talked a lot about, you know, the the, the investing in the floor. I had a client building a $2 million house and she was going to put in a synthetic carpet and I said, this house does not lend itself to having a synthetic carpet. Uh, I'm sorry, but I can't let you do it. <laughs> it. We went backwards and forwards a lot, but she lived with stainless. She thought it was great, and now she's got wool. She said, I just can't believe we even thought about having anything else but. Um, and stairs, you know, use them for stairs. It is it is a great um, noise reduction. So it's a good transition area as well, um, but be mindful. Sometimes on the stairs it can be a little bit slippery. Uh, that is something to think about. So, But if you wanted to mitigate stains, instead of using a gar- dark carpet, instead of using a block colour, have the mottle or the different variations in the height of the pile but also slight colour variations. So the natural go down to the natural sort of sta- uh, natural colours as well and you'll get that mottle effect uh, like the linen has a, a variation in, in the colour and that's going to disguise stains a lot more. 
Yeah, I think that's all fantastic advice. I think that definitely steering away from those block colours mm. is uh, is very much in your interest. I think that actually extends to most materials, you know. So, you know, when you don't have those solid block colours, it's a lot easier to disguise kind of the wear and tear of family life. So, so I really, um, yeah, I really thank you, Francis, for your, for your wisdom and your experience and generosity. This You're is welcome. really brilliant. Cheers. See you. So that was our conversation about carpet and some of the key things to know when choosing it for your family home. It can be a great floor covering, really great flooring surface, particularly if you want a room to feel cosier or more comfortable. However, there are some key things to know so that you can avoid the mistakes that many homeowners make in their carpet selection. Now, remember to head to the show notes. There's links and resources there that are mentioned in this episode that are going to be really helpful for you, particularly when it comes to your carpet selection. And you can also get in touch with Francis and White Pebble Interiors as well. Make sure you check out her book, Your Forever Home, or you just get in touch with her to let her know how much you're enjoying the information that she's sharing. Now, you'll also find a link to learn more about Interior Design 101, the self-study online program that will help you gain clarity and confidence for the interior design of your home. Now, inside Interior Design 101, Francis and I talk more about carpet. So we talk about understanding underlay and the role that it uh, performs in improving the durability and the luxurious feel of your carpet. We share some really great insider tips to upgrading the whole feel and the whole performance of your carpet without changing what you spend on it, just by knowing what to choose in terms of the underlay and the pile type. And we also share information on the types of piles that you should avoid for family homes. Now, we also talk about where to locate carpet in your home and ways that you can use carpet to really save money in your overall budget without compromising the feel or the functionality or the durability of your home either. So I really uh, encourage you to check out the course, Interior Design 101, and also to head to the website and check out the extra links that we've put with this podcast post. Now, in the next podcast episode, we're going to be jumping into, wait for it, kitchens okay the interior design of your kitchen is going to involve a lot of decision making and a fair amount of expense too it's a pretty permanent space and so all of that can make it quite stressful so make sure you listen in next week we kick off a two episode conversation all about what to know when you're thinking about your kitchen and its interior design now as always huge huge gratitude to you thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally Until next time, bye.